and welcome to episode 86 of Comics and Us. I am TJ. I'm Chris. And I'm Lumpy. And this is the review show that reviews comics. Chronologically. Kind of. Alright, we're in September 1943 covering Detective Comics number 79. It was written by Don Cameron, penciled but and inked by Jerry Robinson, lettered by George Russo. The editor of the comic of the story was Jack Sifter. Executive editor was Whitney Elsword, and the cover artist was also Jerry Robinson. And this story is called Destiny's Auction. That's about it. Uh, Lumpy, what's the cover like? I really like this cover. I don't. I don't really have an explanation for why. But so it, it's like a crystal ball, and there's three people's faces: a woman and two men. And um, Batman and Robin are small again because I believe they're standing on a table. There is, like, um, pots behind them, a tea kettle, and there's a curtain behind them that has, like, stars and moons on it, so it kind of gives you a little bit of, like, a uh, fortune teller's vibe. Detective Comics is in white to a red stripe. Got Batman up in the top left corner. Uh, Superman DC publication. Mine doesn't have a price on it. It's ten it's cents! A- Come on! <laughs> ten cents! <laughs> It's the most important thing on the cover. I don't get it. I don't get that. It doesn't have it on mine. Well, it's kind of cut off on my version anyway, so. Where is it? It is. It's up yeah, next to the, under the D. Under the September. Yeah, it says September mm. 10 cents. Uh, what does your say? Uh, yeah, see, mine just says SEP, S-E-P-T, period. That's yeah, it. that's what it says. SEP, 10 cents. That's what it says. And then yeah, I don't it, have no 10 cents. Yeah, it, it looks like the, they're in front of, like, on a stage or something, so. Yeah, I don't, know, I don't know if you said that or not. I wasn't really paying attention. Well, I I said it looked like they were on a table. I think they're on a t- the the fortune teller's table. That's what I think too. Well, there is Batman and Robin are miniature again. Well, they're yeah. always miniature. Yes, I like being right. really miniature in the comic. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. When it's too. canon, when it's canon, I like that. All right, so moving on here, we got another book review. Augustus helps the army by Legrand. Did he buy war bonds and stamps? Uh, I didn't actually read the review. That would probably be a pretty short story. So you know what like though, it. Augustus sounds like a German name to me. Yes. <laughs> he went to Maine and found himself suddenly mixed up with spies in an enemy submarine. Ooh! Look out, Augustus! Be careful. Looks like he meets up with another guy. They worm their way into the thick of an army practice battle. Do 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 do. Yep, Augustus and the River August. Augustus goes south. Augustus and the Moon Mountains. Augustus helps the Navy. Oh, this is part of a like a bunch of books. Augustus does oh, a so lot of things. Oh, Augustus, Augustus buys war bonds and stamps. Is it Augustus Gloop? Maybe Remember the one who gets stuck in the tube on Willy Wonka. I don't know, but apparently he has a river. He goes to goes south. He goes to the mountains and he helps the Navy. Nice. Good yeah. for you, Augustus. I only asked if it was Augustus Gloop, so TJ could look for that picture. <laughs> yes, you have to get him in the tube. Uh, you guys don't even know what I put in those videos, so you could be pictures <laughs> of you saying I'm stupid or something. I really have no idea. So Anyway, so we got Superman Secret Code. We're back to Krypton with this one. Mm. And, my God, this was so long, the decipher. <laughs> it's so... It's like two sentences long and 
they switched the code so that it was you have to read the code backward for some reason on this one, or yes. else, it, or else it was just gobbledygook. I thought I was reading the wrong code, <laughs> so I was going through each code, and then finally I was like, I guess I'll try the other way, and then I had to reverse the goddamn code to figure out the goddamn code. Yeah, well, you can't think it's going to be easy all the time. It's a Superman code. Well, maybe if the code was worth deciphering, I would have freaking been happy to do it. Buy war bonds and stamps. No. Men are dying for the four freedom. The four, the four? Four to four. Four, F-O-R, the four, F-O-U-R, the number, freedom. Huh? I don't know. I have no idea what that means. I think this was so complicated that you got it wrong. No. I <laughs> deciphered it five times. <laughs> Men are dying for the for freedom. The least we can do is buy war bonds and stamps. War bonds and stamps. This code was bullshit. <laughs> Not like that's, this one. That's weird. I'm trying to think of like what it could have freedoms? been, meaning the for freedom. I don't know. Was there four allies at the time, maybe? I have no idea. Because I know like half of Europe was probably taken over by this point. Anyway, let's get into this. Uncle Chris, what's happening on the splash page? Well, we got Batman and Ben, it says. Ben Wonder, because there's a paragraph of words covering over the spot where it says R-O and Boy Wonder, and Boy from Boy Wonder on it. We got Batman pulling a purple curtain back and looking at a woman in a red dress and a man in a green suit, and they are looking at three bad guys with guns. Yes, they are. That's about it. There's one light in the bill in the whole picture over there that's shining just on the bad guys and the red and green yeah, suits. Because it must be they're on a stage. Well, that was the stage you were talking about, huh? You said stage earlier when they were on the yeah. table. Now you're saying stage again because it looks like they're on a stage. The whole thing's revolved. This whole story revolves about mm. stages. I think these new splash pages with the with the um 500 word paragraph. We should have to read the entire paragraph every time. Do you want to do it? You're more than welcome to. No, it says Destiny's Auction <laughs> at the bottom, that's all. <laughs> that's what I thought. That's what I thought. The Hand of Fate. I think TJ should have hurt. to read them every time. <laughs> TJ should have to read them and then decipher the Superman code, too. That's what I mean. <laughs> No, I already do too much work as it is while you two just <laughs> sit there and talk. We weren't even allowed to talk in the last one. So. I know, you went right through the last one without even letting us talk. Well, the one before that was 40 minutes. I I saved us 20 minutes. How about that? (laughs) Fine. All right. So we open up with a woman who is blonde hair lump. She's blonde in Batman. Yeah, but she's not a love interest of Batman. Yeah. That we know know of. That we know of. No, right. No idea. That's true. I mean, how it turns up in the end, she might very well be. True. She might become one. I'll give you that. But she's not right now. Anyway, this girl, Judy, I think. Joan. No, that was the last one. No, that was oh. the one. That was Flash. Oh, never mind. Yeah, this Judy, is Judy. Judy O'Cashin. Joan was yeah. Jay Garrick's love interest. Okay. This is a nice Irish girl, O'Cashin. Sure. She goes to a fortune teller, giving this woman the last of her money, I guess. And the fortune teller says she's going to see her name in big, big words. I don't know what she says. Something along those lines. That's, and, and Judy interprets it that. She's going to become successful. So she goes home and finds a letter from the... Why am I blanking on what they're called? Landlord. Landlord. Yeah, the landlady. Landlady. There you go. From the landlady said, there's a new lock on her door, and if she wants it, she has to pay her the $14 she's owed. (laughs) That's her name in big words. 
or big letters or whatever it is. Yep. Yep. So the fortune teller was right. It's just not what she thought it was. Yeah, usually isn't. So the the girl goes to the landlady and says, I don't have any money right now, but can I get my stuff out of my place? And she's like, no, not until you give me $14. She should say, I used my rent money to pay a fortune teller to yeah, tell me yeah. nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a dummy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, she wants a trunk from inside her room, and the landlady won't give it to her. So she goes and sits in a, a train station, and I guess lives there for a little while before going back it's home. It's cold outside, I think. Yeah. So get used to this because this is a theme. Yeah. So now we go to a famous actor who, or former actor, washed up actor. Yeah, I'm confused by this, but but yeah, he. I the mean, critics are saying he's too old, and he wants to know if he's going to make a comeback. And the fortune teller says that her, you'll he'll be cast in a new ro- role, which will overshadow who he is now. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to make you come back after all these years." And then he's hit by a car and has amnesia because you see, that's you a new see, role. Yep. So here's my question for that: When he's in the hospital, they don't know who he is. Yeah, I know. I was confused, too. So, is he a famous actor or not? No, I get it that he doesn't know. That's fine, that part of the story. But they are calling him basically John Doe, because no one knows who he is. Well, back then, only rich people saw movies, so maybe he's in a poor neighborhood and he doesn't know. Are doctors rich back then? Probably. Shut up. Don't say that. I mean, I've, I, I mean, I was pointed out, but at the same time, I don't know if doctors are rich back then. Damn it. Damn it. Why do you got to say that? <laughs> so I don't know if he's a famous actor or not. Whatever. Maybe he got old. Okay. And nobody knows who he is. Maybe he got his face changed as he got old. Well, you don't need masks back then anyway, so it's fine. Right. So that's good. Anyway, they don't know who he is because he doesn't have any identification on him. And he made me re- regain his memory sooner or later. Then... At the gypsy again, the fortune teller knows he, who she, he is. And he's like, tell me my fortune. And she says, strong and dangerous fighters shall follow you and help you enter a heavily guarded place. And he's like, yeah, my guys are going to help me break it to the, this next job. And so they break into the next job and they get some things. And then Batman and Robin show up. Oh, he, they're the strong fighters. Yep. They beat him up. The What's his name? Forget his name. Pete Ransom, Diamond Pete Ransom Ransom is sentenced and he goes to jail and the prophecy comes true because Batman and Robin helped him get into a highly secure place, which is prison. And then a year passes because I guess armed uh, breaking and entering and robbery is only a year sentence in 1943 and Bruce wakes up Dick really early in the morning and says, get up, we gotta go follow this criminal. How come he's not laying next to him, just shaking him? Come on, Dick. Let's go. He, he did. Yeah, Batman rolled. I mean, Bruce rolled over and woke up Dick. <laughs> and so they don't get dressed as Batman and Robin. They go out as Bruce and Dick. And they go to the penitentiary because Ransom Pete is getting out of prison today. I don't know if he's on parole or they whatever. They also go out as Bruce and Pee Wee Herman is who they go out as. Because Robin's got a green <laughs> suit with a bow tie on. I think this is way before Pee Wee Herman. Yeah, it is. So... Pete is met by his two thugs, and they take him to a hotel because they, they're still working for him, and they didn't switch sides or anything because he has the rest of the diamonds 
that they've been stealing over the years because, you know, Batman and Robin doesn't stop anything until it gets too out of hand. Yeah, they wait until, like, people die and, and everybody loses their money and stuff. And so Pete goes there and he asks for his drunk th- that he left here over a year ago. He's like, you know, I left a drunk here. And he says, well, you know, we handed that over to the sheriff last week because after a year it becomes unclaimed property and we have to give it over to the sheriff. And they auction that stuff off. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but apparently. Yeah, I don't know either. It may be. Guess, especially back then, it's like, how long am I supposed to keep this crap? Well, I know police do hold off auctions. I just don't know how long they're supposed to keep it and stuff. Anyway, so they're like, okay, I guess we're going to go to the sheriff and bid on this and go get it. So, and at that very moment, because all this is happening simultaneously, I guess. The girl from a year ago shows up at the landlady's house and has the $14, and she wants her trunk back. And she's like, oh, I already gave it to the sheriff, sorry. Because I guess the landlady can just give away people's personal effects. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, she gave it to the sheriff to auction off, I guess. So. Yeah, I guess you just can just do that, I guess. Anyway, me at the same time, the actor regains his memory and remembers who he is, and he goes back to where he was living to get his check. His chest, because everyone has chests, and it's no longer there. It was given to the sheriff to auction off. Sheriff's got a bunch of stuff today. Who does? The sheriff. He's got a bunch of, of stuff uh, to auction off. He's got a bunch of trunks to off and off. And, then, <laughs> yeah. and they're not allowed to open them, apparently. They're apparently... Yeah, yeah. you got to bid on them without even seeing what's inside of them. Just this random trunk here. Even when they do the auctions of, like, the uh, storage units, they open it up. You can look inside. You just can't walk around in them. I don't understand Yeah, this, you, yeah, um, you don't bag. buy it. You don't buy it with a closed door when you buy it. No. Uh, I don't understand this unit. grab bag um, trunks here. I don't like that. And, and wouldn't the sheriff open things just to look? I mean, I, I don't yeah, know. How does he know he's not sending weapons, selling weapons to people and stuff? Yeah, I would think that's a little... But, again, in the 40s, I don't know. Yeah, who knows? And it is Gotham. That's true. They they are pretty bad. It, it is Gotham, so... Anyway, that afternoon, the sheriff auctioned off the first one, and the girl shows up and pays $20 for one of the cases. And we're not told which one it is, because, of course, they're all going to get mixed up. Yes. And then the actor shows up second. He's He, he gets off cheaper because he gets $15 and buys that case, the second case. And then the mobsters show up, or the crooks show up, I should say, followed by Bruce and Dick, and they buy the last case. And so they take the case home, they're about to open it, but then Batman and Robin just break in and start beating them up. And they open the case, and it's full of props. And they're like, Robin's like, uh, should we arrest them? They're like, no, we actually broke in here, they bought that case legally, and there's no crime here. Yeah, they should call the cops on us. Right <laughs> They're like, we came in and did stuff that we weren't supposed to do. We came in, we beat these guys up, and they, they, they didn't, didn't do anything wrong. They bought all we did was beat them up for buying a chest. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. And but you know, what makes it even worse is now Batman's technically deputized as like a cop at this point. He's recognized as part of the police force. Yeah. And they just, like, say, hey, I'm charging Batman with assault here, or I'm suing the police department. Yes. Anyway, they're like, so we cut over to the the actor guy, because Batman and Robin go go to him next, because they know he was there, too. Because the, his, his name was on the trunk. So they go to him, thinking he has it, and when they open it up, it's got 
a script from some guy, some famous guy, I guess, and a bunch of women's stuff in it. And so it, they're like, oh, it must be the girl. Her, the girl's name, Judy's, is in that case. And so they, it must be there. But the crooks use the, <laughs> the actor's disguises to sneak, follow Batman and Robin. World's greatest detective, by the way. And listen in on their conversation to find out that Judy has diamonds. And so she... Wait, I love their disguises. Go ahead. So the one guy is wearing, like, I guess it's a beard, and it has sideburns, but the sideburns don't cover, like, up there under his ears, and the beard is, and then the other guy has a pink and white hat with a giant mustache, and I really like that outfit. It's really cool looking. I don't know what the other guy is wearing. He doesn't really look any different. He looks like Vincent Price. Yes, he does. He looks like Vincent Price. Their costumes are stupid and Batman's stupid for not realizing who they were. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the same three guys you just beat up. Yeah. Anyway, Judy opens the case and she finds a million dollars in diamonds. And she's like, oh. And then she gets hit in the back of the head and the crooks get the diamonds back. Batman and Robin show up with the actor for some reason. I don't know why he tagged along. Maybe for his trunk? Yeah, but his trunk was... Yeah, right. Why recovering. would they go to her house? <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. And, anyway, the crooks don't want any witnesses, so they throw the unconscious Judy out a window. Batman swings up and catches her before she falls, and she explains what happens to Batman. And Batman says, we, we gotta get them because uh, we gotta make sure these guys go to jail and get the electric chair. Because, you know, Batman still has that... Make sure people mur- die, yeah. Matter. He still wants these people dead. He just can't do it himself anymore. Right. He can't do it himself, so he really, really wants to see them get the electric chair. <laughs> because apparently, during one of the diamond heists, they killed a guard or something, or something like that. Yes, that's how they got the diamonds. They did kill a guard. And so the actor sees the bad guys trying to walk away, and the disguise. He says, "Hey, those are my disguises." And Batman says, "Hey, they're trying to play a joke on me." And so he goes over and punches a guy in the face. Now. In this panel, what's your comics look like? Wait, what? The one where Batman punches the guy's beard off. Okay, so the guy looks like he dropped a camera or a bag or something? The bag of diamonds. Ah, and there's, okay. like, blood squirting out of the top of his head on mine. Yeah, that's what I got, too. He's got, he looks like <laughs> yeah. And Batman's in purple, by the way. And he's purple, yeah, on mine, too. It's purple, yeah. All right, that, mine is I, totally different than That's yours. what I figured, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. yeah, no, he's in like a, so Batman looks normal color. The guy in the checkered suit is just, there's like, it almost looks like the string snapped on the beard. That's what it looks like here. But his head is like surrounded by head. blood. It looks like Batman exploded blood around his top of his head. Yeah. Yeah, see, mine doesn't look that way at all. Mine's just like black. There's no blood at all on mine. I'll send it to you. Anyway, so they beat up the guys, they run away, Batman trips them into a pot. They arrest them, and I guess he gets the electric chair. But we're not done yet. I think he does get the electric chair, too. What? I think they do get the electric chair. No. No. Batman didn't murder him. No, he didn't murder Uh. him. The state of Gotham murdered him. Well, Lump, yours is nice and clean. Ours is pretty crappy. Anyway, so, you know, but we're not done yet. So the character actor says, this is a great script. And she's like, yeah, he, the guy wrote it for me. and But no one will take it as me as the lead actor. And so Batman's like, I know someone who'd do it. And so Bruce Wayne 
produces a play, I guess. I guess he's a play producer now. Well, he just throws his money everywhere. Yeah. And so the she puts on the play. She's, like, famous. She did really good. I guess everyone likes her. I guess she's a really good actor. And I guess the, the washed-up actor is there, too, and he's in the play or whatever. And, she, and Bruce is, you know, like, responsible for all of this, so... Uh, He's the big hero all around. Right. And so he makes the actor gets co- makes a comeback. And then Dick and Bruce walk by the fortune tellers. So they say, hey, this is the fortune teller all those people were talking about. They go in and the lady says, I can't predict your future because as you two are fate itself. Because, you know, stupid reasons. And they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and they leave. The end. Yeah, that was the end. I... I like this story. I like the way they tie. I know it was a little bit like wonky at a couple points where they're yeah, like, "Yeah, I do like oh, how they tied everything went, together." And stuff though. But yeah. I liked how it was done. I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, it so. was just a, it's a classic story archetype thing. It was very predictable, but it yeah, exactly. You knew what was coming. You knew who was going to have which briefcase. You just needed to know who had right. the first briefcase, and you knew how it was going to play out. It's yeah. I mean, the only real twist is that Bruce Wayne decided to produce this play at the end. <laughs> that, that is, that was the big plot twist. But I mean, it was all right. It was. It was much better than the last couple we read. So <laughs> it was. Yeah, it really was. At least the last one. At least the last this, one. It was better. This is a very average Batman story, but it wasn't bad. What yeah, do you mean I like average. It. Yeah, yeah. So, feature characters, Batman, supporting characters, Robin, antagonist, Diamond Pete Ransom. That's a good name, Diamond Pete Ransom. It's too bad he's uh, dead now. It just says single appearance. It doesn't say he died. Well, but, um, because he got the electric chair. Yeah, maybe he escaped. But it Hell doesn't say he died. Because he didn't yeah, die in the comic. He died in the electric chair much <laughs> later. Other characters. These are all single appearances. Madam Caligra. Judy O'Kason, Tremaine Wentworth, and Mrs. Midge. So, the fortune teller... It's pointless, then. She plays no role in this whatsoever. She just is there to screw with people. <laughs> they could have done the whole story without the fortune teller, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. just a pointless ad- addition just to say, ooh, Batman and Robin are players of fate here. Yeah, but at the end, they're like, they go to her and she could see, they're like, do you think she knows where Batman and Robin? You know. I kind of like the fortune teller thing, though. Yeah, you're right, they could have done it without using her, but I kind of liked yeah. it. If they would have brought her back for something, it would have been fine. They like did, if, for Batman and Robin. No, if well, they guess were, what I did find I out. Mean, that Bat- I mean, that- in a later story, like if she came back as a character or something, and you know that there was, those two are players of fate actually tied into something, that would have made more sense. I found out that Judy O'Kason, the blonde-haired girl, is not a love interest of Batman, even though you guys said she might be, because she never comes back either. Yeah, that doesn't mean, you know, they didn't have a fling while in the middle of Batman stories. It's not in the comics, it's not true. Listen, Bruce, don't just hand money out like that for nothing. <laughs> exactly. You call and, it what you want. And look, and look, some of the things that happen in these comics aren't even freaking true. What do you mean? Some of them are dreams or stories yeah, being told. They're, awesome. they're, whoa, they're, whoa, not, whoa, they're whoa. not even Let's not in discuss the best comics there is when he has dreams or if they go they're into the like fairy tale lands and stuff. They're the best ones. It's all reality. Just tell your joke. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you deserve a joke today, TJ. I'm waiting for you to leave, and then I'm going to tell it to the people who want to hear it. 
As you gotta if go. And- as if this is something I look forward to, and it's not a punishment every time I come to it. Uh, just so everyone knows that's listening out there, that TJ calls me on the weekends and says, please tell me one more joke, one more joke. Please, I, I can't go to bed unless you tell me one more joke. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> what, what do Batman and a cell of false teeth have, have in common? Me cutting this joke out at the end? <laughs> no, that doesn't have anything in common with that. <laughs> Batman and a set of false teeth, what do they have in common? They both only come out at night. That's not true at all. False teeth come out during other periods of the day, too. You're not supposed to take them out. They fall out. But you you can. Or you get that weird old dude who drops his teeth down for no... You get that weird old dude who wants to scare children with his teeth and stuff. Yeah, so that's that's not true at all. You can have (laughs) your teeth out at all time. That's wrong. That's a bad, wrong joke. I'm also confused. Batman does a lot of stuff during the day. That's true, too. I don't know. I didn't write the joke. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, that's the problem. Maybe you should start writing your own jokes. You're getting lazy with your jokes. (laughs) Why did Batman cross the road? (laughs) (laughs) Is there a punchline to that joke? No. They had to get to the other side. Did you ever hear that Joker one? Okay. I just didn't know if there was, like, a punchline to it. (sighs) I'll make one up. Um, Because the Joker was over there, and he was chasing him. <laughs> okay. So wait. Oh, wait. you laughed. I got TJ to laugh. See? <laughs> 16, 16 uh, something follows Batman into a bar. Oh, 16 sodium atoms fo- uh, walk into a bar followed by Batman. Now cut. Figure that one out.